The fact of life is none of us have all that we need. None of us have everything we need within ourselves. We all are finite. We're incomplete. We're broken people with weaknesses. I tell you each week that all of us are jacked up, and we just are. We all have things we lack in life. You don't have all the talents that you need. I don't have all the talents I need. You don't have all the abilities you need. In fact, I think God did that intentionally and gave us different abilities so we would need him and need each other. If you had everything to meet your needs within yourself, you wouldn't need God. You wouldn't need other people. So you don't have all the abilities you need in life. You just don't have them. And on top of that, we all have disabilities. We, we're all disabled in different ways. Some have mental disabilities. Some have uh, certain ways they think differently from other people. Um, you have emotional disabilities. You keep coming up over and over with things in a, in a relationship that you fall into some trap or you fall into the same uh, circumstance, the same argument, the same conflict because you know you have emotionally dis you have emotional disabilities. We have physical disabilities. You ever notice that your body isn't perfect? You ever looked in the mirror lately? Um, your back doesn't always work right, and your body doesn't always function like it should. So we intentionally don't have it all within ourselves, what we need. And this is because God wants us to be dependent. You see, in America, we think independence is the highest priority. But dependence is not a dirty word. It's not a bad word. Dependence is just another word for trust. And trust is another word for faith. And God wants you to learn to depend on him. Why? Because it makes God happy when, you, when we depend on him. It's just like as a parent, you're happy when your children trust you. You're happy when your children depend on you. Because it shows confidence. Because it shows confidence that they have in you. It shows that they believe in you. You give them a promise, they believe you're going to keep it. God gets great joy out of having us be dependent on him. If you don't depend on God in your life and you only depend on yourself, you're going to have a pretty small life. You're going to have a frustrated life because you don't have enough within you to meet all your needs. You could not possibly meet all your needs. And so you'll grow up being frustrated, disappointed, and angry because you can't meet all your needs, not on your own. There are needs in your life that only God can meet. And if you try to meet them, you're just going to be frustrated, angry, resentful, and disappointed. As a matter of fact, sometimes if we're not careful, we think that other people can meet those needs that only God can meet. In John chapter 5, verses 2 through 9, we have a story of Jesus showing mercy to a disappointed man. The story goes something like this. It was in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate. There are many gates into that city and the city walls, and this gate was called the Sheep Gate because that's where the sheep went in. Duh. You know, near the Sheep Gate. And it was at the pool of Bethesda, which was surrounded by five covered porches. So there's this pool, and it's like a portico around it, and a colonnade around it. And a large crowd of all sorts of disabled people would lie by the pool. And by the way, the analogy is we are this crowd now. We are the large crowd of disabled people waiting by the pool, if you can picture that in your mind. Uh, we're waiting for the miracle. Now, there was a legend, it wasn't true, but there was a legend that every once in a while an angel 
would stir up the waters there. And whoever was the first one to get in while the water was still being moved around would get what they needed and be made whole and would get their healing or whatever it is they need. So a lot of people who are sick were sitting by this pool waiting for it to be stirred. One man had been waiting by that pool for 38 years. That's a long time to wait for a miracle. He's been waiting for his unmet need to be met for 38 years. I wonder what unmet need in your life have you been waiting to see met? Maybe for 38 years, maybe for three months or three years. or You just keep expecting someone else to meet that need or something else to meet that need. And it's just not happening. And what you have been waiting on to meet all your needs. I mean, what is it? What have you been waiting on to meet all your needs? What is that? You know, if I could just get married, all my needs would be met. If I could just get that job, all my needs would be met. If I, you know, this guy's disappointed and he's upset and he's frustrated. And he's been laying by this stinking pool for 38 years. Why? Because he had put his faith in something besides God. And you're going to always be disappointed if you expect something else or someone else to meet a need in your life that only God can meet. And he's just disappointed. Can you imagine how discouraged he is and how let down he is? He's been lying by this pool for years. He's missed most of his life. I mean, imagine all the good things of life he missed simply by lying by this pool. So no wonder he's mad. No wonder he's angry. No wonder he's frustrated. His needs aren't being met. And so he's disappointed. What's your disappointment? What's your secret disappointment? If we could do an x-ray on your heart, what would it reveal is your deepest secret disappointment? Well, to be honest, Toby, I'm disappointed in my marriage. It's not all what I thought it was going to be. and I've just settled for what it is, and I'm disappointed. Or maybe you'd say, if I was really honest, I'm disappointed in my own life and in myself. And I thought by this time in my life, I'd be further down the road, but I'm not. And my life hasn't turned out the way I thought it was going to be, and I'm disappointed in me. I'm disappointed in a child, maybe, one of your kids. and disappointed in my career, maybe. What does Jesus do with your disappointments, with your secret disappointments? Well, he responds with mercy. This guy's been disappointed for 38 years. And here's what Jesus does in verse 6. When Jesus saw this man, he heard that he had been lying there for such a long time. He asked the man, do you want to get well? Now, this sounds like an obvious question here, doesn't it? I mean, of course I want to get well. I've been waiting for this. I've put my faith in this pool, and I've been waiting for 38 years. And of course I want to get well. I wouldn't be here if I didn't want to get well. I mean, it's obvious he wants to get well. But maybe not. You know, there's a lot of people who are unhealthy and who are sick, and they don't want to get well. Because health means you have to change. And getting healthy and getting healed means you have to change. And change is scary. Health means i got to take on responsibilities now. I can't just blame other people. I can't just lay around. Health means I've got new things, and that can be scary in my life. A lot of people don't want to get well because that's their story. And they're afraid. I mean, do you want to get well? Do you want to get healthy in your relationships? Do you want to get healthy with God? Do you want to get healthy in your life? Do you want to get well? I can't tell you how many people as a pastor, I've probably counseled hundreds of people over the years about marriage, about their business, about their bankruptcy, about death, divorce, you name it. 
I couldn't count the number of people that I've talked to who were in very unhealthy, very sick, very miserable relationships, and they just aren't willing to change. And I go, why don't you just change? I'm saying change. You change. You can't, you can't change anybody else. Let's just settle that one. You'll never be able to change anybody else. You can't change anybody else, but you can change you. You can only change you. But when you change you, it changes the equation in the relationship and it forces change in other person's lives. So you can't just change them, but you can change you and that will change a relationship. When I say, why don't you just do that? A lot of times they start making up all these excuses and people will start giving me rationalizations and start blaming the other person for their problems and that's what this guy did. That's what this guy did in our story. Jesus asked a question, you want to get well? A straightforward question, you know, just yes or no, please, would have been, you know. And the guy doesn't give him a yes or no answer, does he? You know, this guy says, well, Jesus, you know, I want to get well. He says, you want to get well? Jesus says, the man, sir, the man replies when Jesus asks him, I have no one to help me get into the pool. When this water's being stirred, I have no one to help me. Jesus didn't, listen, Jesus didn't ask that question. While I'm trying to get in this pool, the guy says, somebody else gets in ahead of me. And Jesus didn't even talk about that. So this guy's frustration, his anger, his disappointment's coming out. And he missed out on all this stuff. But notice what he does. He just blames the other people. There's nobody to put me in the water. And I just wonder sometimes, do we sometimes blame other people for our unhappiness? Who are you blaming for your unhappiness? If my husband was like this, if my dad would have done this, if mom would have been, who are you blaming? Listen, guys, track with me. You are as happy as you choose to be because happiness is a choice. And if you're unhappy, it's your fault. Happiness is a choice. Nobody else can make you or keep you happy. Happiness is a choice. Who are you blaming for your unhappiness? Not only did he blame others, he resented the success of others. He says, while I'm trying to get there into that pool, when I'm trying to get there down to that pool, and by the way, where are you trying to get to? Where is there that you're trying to get? While I'm trying to get there, the goal that you've got in your life, he says, somebody else always gets ahead of me. Have you ever felt that way? I just can't get ahead. Everybody else gets ahead of me. Why did he get that promotion? I should have got the promotion. Why did she get engaged? I should have been the one getting engaged. Why did they have a baby? I was the one, and we were the ones wanting to have a baby. So now you're not only blaming people, you're just resentful of the success of other people. This is not a very happy man in this passage. He doesn't have what he needs and he's responding with bitterness and anger and frustration and disappointment and yet Jesus responds to him with mercy and this is what he does in verse 8 then Jesus simply said stand up pick up your mat and start walking and when the man trusted Jesus that's the key when the man depended on Jesus that's the key when the man realized he needed God he was immediately able to walk again. And what seemed impossible became possible when he trusted Jesus. Now, let me pause here and say this. We know that on earth, not everybody gets healed. Not every prayer gets answered with a yes or the way we want it to. 
I mean, that's going to be one of my list of questions I ask Jesus when I get to heaven, because I know sometimes when I've prayed for people, they've gotten better. Sometimes I pray for people, and then they died. I mean, I don't know. I don't know why. All I know is this. This is earth. It's not heaven. And in heaven, everything is perfect. On earth, nothing is perfect. In heaven, there's no sadness. There's no sorrow. There's no sickness. There's no sin. There's no suffering. On earth, we got all that. And that's why we're to pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because in heaven, God's will is always done. And on earth, it's almost never done. You know, if I go out here and get drunk and have an accident and kill somebody, you know, people will say, well, it must have been God's will. Because No, listen, that's not God's will. That was my will. I made a stupid choice. People all the time say, well, why doesn't God just get rid of all the evil in the world? Well, fine, then he'd have to kill us. I mean, who do you think's doing all the evil? It's us. I mean, it'd be very easy for God to get rid of all the evil in the world, just take away our freedom of choice, because the fact is a lot of times I'm selfish. A lot of times I'm mean. A lot of times I'm thinking of me. A lot of times I could care less about you, and you're the same way. We hurt each other intentionally and unintentionally. God could easily get rid of all the evil in the world by taking away our freedom of choice and making us all puppets. But he wants us to choose to love him, a voluntary choice, not a puppet, not a robot. I know we live with imperfection. I know that many godly people live with situations and circumstances and live in chronic pain. They live with the chronic pain. But I do know this, and I want you to get this. I do know this. When I ask for God's help, God's mercy makes the impossible possible. He can do things I cannot do. He has power I don't have. He has resources I've never even thought of. And he makes the impossible possible. He makes it possible. So what's the impossible problem in your life? You go, well, you know, that's never going to happen. I've been lying by that pool for 38 years and I still don't have what I need. And if it hasn't happened by now, it just isn't going to happen. You see, that's the attitude the devil wants you to have and wants you to live with. But I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you today to have an attitude that says and believes for better things and better days just ahead. And the impossible is about to be very possible. Believe that today. We all need God. And he will come through for you. Just keep believing. We need God. You need God today. Hey, thanks for listening to this podcast. I'd love to hear from you, encourage you. Shoot me an email at pastorfaithchurchnow.com. And um, stay strong. Stay strong.